This is the post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you all the big match reaction with views from the press box, the dugout and the stands. Hello everyone and welcome to the Blood Red post-game podcast. I'm Tom Greaves and following Liverpool's 1-0 win over West Ham at Anfield this evening, we'll be bringing you all the reaction from Reds manager Jurgen Klopp to the fans in the stands. But first, we'll hear from the Liverpool Echo's very own Paul Ghost with his match verdict. Liverpool made the back-to-back Premier League wins with a 1-0 win against West Ham United here this evening. Uh, to follow on from the superb victory against Manchester City here on Sunday afternoon, uh, it just looks at a really opportune time that the Reds have really finally, belatedly got their season up and running. Um, and say back-to-back victories, six points from difficult-looking games against the champions and uh, the Hammers this evening. Who, uh, once again, similar to last season, put up a real fight and Liverpool edged a very close game. It was Darwin Nunes who has won it for Liverpool, his first half header, and just, uh, he's finally up and running in front of his own supporters, his first goal at Anfield, his third goal in as many starts in terms of the £64 million Jordan Bryan. But if um, the cop have a new doyen in Darwin, uh, they have Alison Becker to be uh, thankful for as well, the Brazilian goalkeeper saved. A first half penalty from uh, Jared Bowen at the cop end, and uh, that was an impressive stop. There was one right to the very death from Thomas Shuchek that was probably go down as one of the saves of the season. Quite how it stayed out, uh, we're not too sure yet, in all honesty. I haven't seen uh, a clear replay of it, but it's down the Anfield Road, and it's kind of come off the Brazilian's uh, well, legs, if anything. But uh, it was a, a difficult game, as we say. Um, Nunes had uh, about three or four chances in the first half, one that rattled the post, one that uh, almost came in from about 25 yards, his left foot was a good save from Lucas Fabianski, uh, Mohamed Salah had a few chances as well, and Roberto Firmino uh, went very close to extending his hot streak in the second half, got a good ball from Jordan Henderson, but Klopp made some changes, ran about the hour mark, he brought on uh, Fabinho and Harvey Elliott and Curtis Jones, and took off uh, Thiago Alcantara in particular, and Liverpool never really um, regained the kind of measure of control that they had uh, before those changes. West Ham felt their way into the game for the final 25 minutes or so, and it really got nervy and tense and anxious around the stands in the final stages. But uh, that's probably where Liverpool are at the moment. They're not quite firing on absolute all cylinders like they were towards the back end of last season. Uh, perhaps fans just have to be a little bit more patient with this team as they kind of find their way into form, into the kind of form you know, that they are capable of. But, uh, it's a big milestone pass this evening. Uh, it would have been a crying shame if Liverpool would have slipped up here after uh, beating City on Sunday. But uh, as I said, back to back wins, six points from six. After that, uh, seven one hammering of Rangers a week ago. And it just looks like Liverpool are finally starting to hit a little bit of form um, at an important period. Uh, of course, they got Nottingham Forest on Saturday, they got home games with Leeds and Southampton to come. And of course, that uh, big game at uh, Tottenham Hotspur on uh, November the 6th. But, uh, for now, Liverpool can toast to another big three points and then look ahead to Nottingham Forest on Saturday lunchtime at the uh, City Ground. It's finished here at Anfield this evening. Uh, Liverpool 1, West Ham 0. Uh, Jürgen, how do you sum up tonight? Because obviously it was no less important than the weekend. It seems to have a different feel about it and you really needed to show that resilience again Yeah, we did. I think um, first half was a really good first half. Um, with a bad ending for us, like with a penalty, but then with a good ending because Ali could save the penalty, but it still left a bit of a bad taste. Like we were lucky, first half we were not. We played an exceptional game, we played really good football, we created, scored a wonderful goal. At the post, 
Fabianski with great saves, big blocks in the in in, in decisive areas from West Ham. Um, but we didn't play um, that well in the second half, so that's why um, the game opened up. Um, we had still our moments, obviously, but in general we didn't play enough um, to control the game. So and when then when you don't if you don't control it, then um, West Ham is there. Then the long balls flying in, and then they create set pieces. And so I thought in. In the end, we had to, we needed Ali, we needed Millie's big toe, we needed um, a couple of things. And um, but overall, I think it's a deserved, deserved three points. Um, very important, tough period for all teams. So you have to grind results out, and um, we have now three days time, and the next fight is waiting already. And um, so that's the situation for, for the moment. All good. Yeah, of course it's important. Um, he scored now a couple of times in the last few games, so he's obviously he arrived here one hundred percent now, even with numbers. So, which is fine. He he, he felt a little bit of muscles and in, uh, in half time, and but it's all fine. It's all fine. And then there was just uh, after five minutes already, I was just too concerned about long sprints for him and balls where he stretched his leg and I thought, come on, we don't, we cannot take that risk, that's why we changed. But then we have immediately, because of West Ham is obviously a, a, a set-piece team as well, so we need to make sure that we have there enough players with who can withstand that. And um, so that's why we, then all the two other changes came, came as well. And um, yeah, early changes, that's fine. Um, then in the end, when we changed another two times, then we controlled it again. Eh? So like um, Millie was still flying from last Wednesday, obviously. Uh, no, what was it? Whenever we played Sunday. Um, so um, and yeah, so we brought it over the line. It's a, it's a, a, a Premier League game, and uh, I can't remember an easy game in all the seven years and a few days. And that was tonight for sure not easy, but. Um, we played well enough, in moments really good, in the end, altogether well enough to deserve three points. That one's not too much of a problem, is it? The muscle, it's not too much of a problem to No, no, no. We, I, I think we, we caught him in the right moment. Anyone else? No? We don't have to. Maybe one of the things we haven't done this season is in tight games, we've seen them out, so I guess Oh, absolutely! It's just now it didn't happen too often. It's now not that we are used to it and these kind of things. Uh, we either win really high or not. <laughs> but it's the second one nil in a row, which is absolutely fine. It's a brilliant result. It's just then obviously until the end. Um, I know people hate when I mention the wind, but it makes a football game really tricky. The ball is in the air, and you could see a few moments when this long diagonal ball, where everybody expected Trent. To, to get the ball and then the last second of the ball gets a little push and it goes wide and then there's a 1-1 one -one situation against Ben Rama who is um, obviously a pretty good dribbler so and th th these situations that just can happen so um, that's why you should keep the ball on the ground and control it and that's what we have to do but that we have space for improvement I think is clear um, it was always the case and it's tonight the case but for this moment we have three points more than before, and that feels massive. The post game podcast on the Blood Red Channel.
Another big result, really, for Liverpool at Anfield against West Ham. It was always important to follow up that win against Manchester City with another three points. And I felt it would be a really difficult game for Liverpool. Liverpool obviously haven't expended huge amounts of, of energy and effort in beating what I consider the best team in Europe. And, and yeah, obviously having to go again, obviously only a few days later. It was imperative that Liverpool managed to get the three points. And, and, and let's be fair, I mean, in the first half, Liverpool played quite well, were by far the better team. However, in the second half, resembled a lot more like what we've seen from Liverpool this season, in that it was much more of a 50-50 game. Liverpool not really having the control over the 45 minutes and definitely seeing them be in a position where the outcome of the game is by no means assured. And that sort of authority that they've had over games in the past, again, just lacking for me. But, however, I will take into consideration it was a massive effort from Liverpool only a few days before and, and, and essentially they got the job they got the job done, which I suppose was was the big thing to come out of tonight. So Darwin Nunes obviously scored the, the goal for Liverpool and, and what a really, really excellent header it was from him, obviously heading down into the ground and then being able to get that elevation to, to take it into the top corner of the net. And throughout the game, when he was on the field of play, because I know obviously he suffered a bit of a a tweak within the first half, resulting in his, his early exit. But when he was on the field, it resembled so much of what he's been like this season. I mean, for all his, what I would perceive as, as, as shortcomings in the un, in untidiness of his general all-round game, he is someone who tends to, so far when he's on the field of play, still carry a massive threat to the opposition. And... You have to believe that a player who's creating that amount of chaos and getting into such good areas, I mean, pay 90, I don't think there's any player who's getting into better areas, you know, having more touches in the danger zone and, and, and having so much potential to affect the outcome of games by essentially getting shots at goal and getting into the right areas and, you know, the expectation of goals with, with XG. So there's definitely some positive signs from the player and don't forget, this is Liverpool, who haven't been fantastic this season, haven't really dominated in the statistical elements the way they used they normally do or who ha, or ha, have for the last few years. This is a side which has very much shared territory with a lot of the teams that they played, and the outcome of the game has been a 50-50 flip, flip of a coin so often. So there is po massive positives there and I think some of the technique he's shown for me as well in terms of being able to strike off his left foot cleanly it was a, a touch of cleanness in the in the way he was able to strike the ball that I haven't seen so often within his Liverpool career thus far and don't get me wrong there was still parts of his game that were untidy and you need to, to pick up on but yeah there is there is positive signs there and you just wonder how, obviously how he can take this on and I think the main reason I say how he can take it on because there's still a massive doubt in my mind in the system that Liverpool are playing at this moment in time in how can you get Darwin Nunes into an 11 which also includes Mohamed Salah and be able to get the best out of both players 
I mean, we've seen obviously the the difference, and we talked about during the last fixture of how within that four four two system, playing Salah as the highest player, stretching pit, stretching the pitches, essentially the number nine, could be really beneficial for Liverpool because he is without doubt and always has been Liverpool's best player. So you want to get him the ball as often as you possibly can in the in the areas that matter the most. And again, when I looked at Liverpool today, even with playing well in the first half. You always felt within that four four two system that it always gonna it is always gonna lend itself to Salah having to play that wider role. It's just natural within the system that he has to then give the whiff to the side, and that does it take away too much of his game in terms of getting into the right areas. We've seen obviously as the game drew to a close, and obviously re- replaced Nunes in the second half as the highest player in the central area. You can see the difference in the areas it allows him to get in because obviously playing in a 4-4-2 is a lot different to playing in a, in a 4-3-3 in which Firmino drops in and, and Salah and Manny still give you the height with them runs in behind within a 4-4-2 obviously his task with having a much more disciplined role both with and without the ball in terms of the positions he can take up obviously if you're in a 4-4-2 you're having to cover your full back if you haven't got extra midfield playing a 4-3-3 to be able to cover over and also when you're in possession Again, like I've talked about, that is the job of the wide player to be able to create that whiff. And for all Salah's world-class qualities, and he's, you know, he's still a, a good traveller with the ball, his elite trait is not running a player 1v1 and, and beating them in them duels. It's arriving in the right areas and having the technique to engineer chances in the penalty area. So it is an interesting one for me how they're going to incorporate this in because... Obviously, you could play the two together in terms of a front two, Darwin Nunes and Salah. But then you've got two players, again, who, who, who both want to do the same thing. They both want to stretch play. They both want to run in behind. Now, don't get me wrong, Salah's got a, such a fantastic all-round game that he can also bring people in. But his natural inclination is not to come towards the ball. And if you don't do that, how do you then connect midfield to attack? That's why Firmino... If Liverpool continue to play this system, and I'm not convinced they're in it for the long haul, but if they do in the short term, that Firmino is such an influential player in that because he is the one player who can play amongst the pressure from multiple sides and successfully act as that combination player, that pivot to the attack, really. I mean, Liverpool have other players who you potentially could foresee playing that role. One, for example, Fabio Carvalho, who played a similar role of Fulham last year, but to be able to play at elite level within that area for an elite team when the vast majority of teams you face are going to have men behind the ball and set up in a deep, deeper position on the field of play is is probably the reason why you don't see the system played so often because it is a, a role which is going out of the game and unless you are the absolute elite within that position, it's a position that managers don't tend to fill as a as a norm within elite football systems. So, so yeah, uh, it is an interesting one for me how Liverpool go forward because what you want to do is you want to have a system which brings the best out of your best players and Liverpool, if they continue playing this 4-4-2 system with Salah on the right, that isn't bringing the best out of your best player. And if it isn't, he has to play up top and then what does that do to Darwin Nunes' role? Unless you go with that very vertical front two and... Is that going to be the best way for Liverpool to advance? I mean, I talk about a 4-4-2 having a lack of numbers in that central midfield area, but if Firmino's dropping in 
you maintain that numerical advantage which is so important in the modern game when Firmino's not doing that and isn't it wouldn't be involved in the team then that is a a bigger problem when you're playing with two players who just want to go forward as quickly as possible and exploit space in behind of course another one is the the wider areas obviously we've seen Fabio Carvalho play wide today that's a very different profile to Luis Diaz and Diogo Jota and I mentioned in the last podcast, if you're operating them with, say, Salah is up top and you're operating with Harvey Elliott and, and in the short term anyway, Fabio Carvalho or, say, Curtis Jones off that left-hand side, you've got two players who want to come towards the ball from the wide area. You've got Salah who wants to, is the only player who wants to go beyond and Firmino obviously dropping in. So you need a mixture of players who want to make opposite movements to be successful in that final third. So so that might be a way, I suppose, of, of getting both Darwin Nunes and Salah in if you then had two wide players who wanted to come towards the ball and and maintain that numerical super, uh, superiority in, in the central area for Liverpool. So they, they were just some thoughts from me anyway, but good win for Liverpool. Um, and yeah, a, a really positive day, I suppose, for Darwin Nunes. Mike Holt with my review on Liverpool 1 West Ham United nil. Um, back-to-back wins, back-to-back wins at Anfield and back-to-back 1-0s, two clean sheets. Um, this is sort of reminding me of the, of the Liverpool team of, of 1920 that brought us that Premier League trophy home. Um, you know, resilient, seeing games out. Um, mixed bag that game, really. Um, obviously, we, I think we played really well in the first half. Um we came out of the traps a bit like a bit like the City game. Um, second half, uh, you know, I think West Ham were the better team. I think the subs actually killed it for us. The three subs that he did um, on the eight, I think around the hour mark, it just it, it just um, it swayed the momentum of the game a little bit. Um, uh, and like, but like I say, I think the most important thing is that the performances are getting better, and the results will follow, and they have been. Um, you know, looking at the looking at the Premier League table, you can actually look at it now. You can bear yourself to look at it because we're in and around and amongst that top four position. Um, we and you know at the start of the season, that's not where we'd want to be. But results being the way they have, you know, we've got to take it as it is. Um, and two wins on the bounce, making Anfield a fortress again for us, will only help. Um, especially with not Nottingham Forest. Um, away on Sunday, you know, looking at that and looking at the way they play, you should fancy us to go there and get a win. Um, they're not the best of oppositions, but it is a Sunday night game, um, so the atmosphere will be up. Um, but you're hoping that you can just take this into a nice bit of momentum now. A third win would be even better just to keep the pressure on um, and give us those points on the ball before the World Cup starts. In terms of the game today, obviously, Nunes gets the winner um and i thought he was really good throughout he he, he th- this lad he looks like such a he looks like such a mixed bag of a player you know there's, there's sometimes when he, the way he moves the way he holds himself his body language the way he runs in behind he reminds me of like an, an 06 07 torres like he he takes me right back there um and then sometimes you don't know what he's going to do and I, I i don't know if it's just because he's raw um but i quite like that i quite like that he's quite unpredictable um i thought he was really good throughout and i think we lost it we lost something when he came off i think the west ham defense were a lot more 
um, safe at the back. They were starting to play out from the back. They didn't have that press as much. Um, defensively, I thought Gomez was a bit shaky tonight, actually. I thought he was superb against City, but he looked really shaky tonight. I'm not too sure why that was. Trent, he was fine. There was there was times in the second half, especially towards the end there, where he, he looked shaky. Um, but I think getting a clean sheet with him on the pitch for 90 minutes will do his confidence a world of good. Um, Simba Castle thought was really good throughout. Uh, Van Dyke the same. Um, Henderson, I, I'm, I'm convinced Henderson's got some sort of little niggly injury that he's playing through at the moment because he doesn't look 100% right. Um, Thiago, I think it was clever to take him off on the hour mark because back-to-back games this quickly for Thiago, you, you know he's going to pick up an injury. I think that was a clever sub. Uh, Bobby Firmino really impressed me tonight. I thought he was great against City. Great again today. Salah looks back to his best, doesn't he? You know, he looks angry. He looks like he's he's going to hold off defenders and use his strength. He was he hasn't been doing that, you know, prior to the Rangers game. He just wasn't doing that. Getting him down the middle, getting him in and amongst defenders, you know, rather than getting that chalk on his boots from sitting on the sitting on the wing all game, it's benefiting him massively. Um, Cavalio really impressed me today. Um, the way you, the way he, he sort of he glides with the ball. You know, he sort of reminds me of Phil Foden a little bit. Um, the way that he moves with such a young lad as well. He really impressed me today. Um, but like I say, obviously, the penalty save, you know, it was a penalty. It was a blatant penalty. And it was just a brilliant save from Allison. Um, obviously, the clip's going to go around with Van Dijk um, doing, you know, scuffing the penalty spot. I quite like that, you know. Everyone needs a bit of the dark arts every now and again. I think get away with it, and you know, do we need it this season? The way that our looks panned out in certain games, definitely take everything you can get. Like I say, on to uh, Nottingham Forest on Sunday. It's going to be a tough game, but it is a game that we should get another win um, and keep the keep this train rolling. You've been listening to the Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel.